Today, we're going to be looking at what the $2 billion realtor lawsuit means for home buyers and home sellers. Been hearing a lot about, wow, realtors' commissions are coming down. What does it actually mean if you're a buyer or a seller in the near future? Let's dive into it. Here we go. You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Change is coming to the real estate business following a big legal win for home sellers. Remember, this is just round one in this lawsuit. It is surely going to be appealed. I mean, we just kind of know that. So change is coming to the real estate business following a big legal win for home sellers. But an October jury ruling against the nation's largest trade organization, the National Association of Realtors, which Summit Properties Northwest, my brokerage, is not part of, never has been. Our brokers don't want to pay the fees, but we still get the benefits of being real estate brokers. Funny how that works. So an October jury ruling against the nation's largest trade organization could have. Now we're down to within the first sentence of the first paragraph, we are down to could have sweeping consequences for anyone looking to buy or sell a home. The class action lawsuit Sitzer versus the NAR alleged that National Association of Realtors, Keller Williams, Anywhere Real Estate, formerly known as Rheology, Remax, and Home Services of America, that is uh, Warren Buffett's company, all major real estate brokerages colluded to artificially inflate real estate commissions. Those, All of those entities are members of the National Association of Realtors, NAR. All right. Not to say that uh, if you're a member of the NAR, guilty. No, that's not what I'm saying. But eh, eh. Remax and Anywhere Real Estate, no independent brokerages, not members of the NAR, were, were sued. We're not included. We're not part of this indictment. Interesting. Remax and Anywhere Real Estate, formerly known as Real Realogy, earlier this year settled out of court for a combined $140 million. A jury ultimately sided against the remaining defendants on October 31st. That's the most recent uh, ruling you've heard. Awarding a judgment of $1.8 million that could, depending on the judge's decision, surge to over $5 billion in total damages. All right. All right. Okay. So this article, we start off with $2 billion. Now we're down to here. You got a typo here. That's not $1.8 million. That's $1.8 billion with a B. Yes, I know. And could surge to over $5 billion. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, they ultimately agreed there was a conspiracy among realtors. Realtors. Now, the only people who can use the realtor trademarked term with the capital R are members of the National Association of Realtors. Anybody else? We're not realtors. Independent brokers? Not realtors. Hmm. Yeah. So realtors, if you're a realtor, you conspired to keep their fees artificially high. Now, that's that's not how this goes. It's just you got a bunch of brokerages, you got the NAR involved, and you know, this trial found them to guilty. Now we're going to have an appeal. Did they artificially? No. In my opinion, absolutely not. But on paper, they were able to provide some traction and you had a lawsuit that went sideways. This is far far from over. 
It's just the latest hit for the 1.5 million member group of real estate agents, which has recently faced several lawsuits, including one from the Department of Justice, regarding harassment accusations. National Association of Realtors, ah, they've had a lot of brokerages leaving them. And I think they're getting a bad rap. We're not part of them because the fees are actually fairly high, 700 bucks a year or something like that, maybe north of that. Um, National Association of Realtors does lobby at the DC level extremely well. During the pandemic, you had you had uh, residential brokers and then you had commercial brokers, both deemed to be not essential. Real estate appraisers were deemed essential because the forms we put out our appraisals on are federal forms. So anybody in the federal entity, end of things, essential. But because of the National Association of Realtors lobbying efforts, just like that, boom, a little bit of lobbying during the very beginning of the pandemic. Hey, residential brokers, you're essential. Commercial, you guys who work out all the leases with businesses that are being shut down. Yeah, yeah, you guys aren't essential. That was ridiculous. But so was the whole shutdown. It absolutely did not need to happen. 100%. And I was very vocal about that from the beginning. In fact, that's one of the reasons I started daily podcasting. All right, if they're going to shut us all down, I'm going to need to do something. And that's when I cranked up what, what has become news for reasonable people. And I've had so many people ask me, hey, are you still doing Seattle real estate podcast? So that's what this is. Plus, this is information that my real estate brokers and my appraisers, this is information that folks need to know. So I'm going to stick it in a podcast format. What does your managing broker do for you? Yeah, right. So we've got pullouts from big name brokerages like Remax, Century 21, Redfin, and more pulling out from the National Association of Realtors. It also has the power to forever change what it costs to buy and sell real estate. That's the pull, right? That's the pull. Oh, this is going to change things forever. Here's what I would say to that. Maybe. It's not set in stone. None of this is set in stone. But there was a $1.8 billion. I mean, well, at the beginning of the article, it was $2 billion. And now it's $1.8. And then it was $1.8 million. Well, as Richard Cruz, an agent with Gryphon Realty in Columbus, Ohio, and former member of the National Association of Realtor puts it, the fight will go on and an appeal will be filed and drag this out. But eventually, agent payments will change. Will they? I mean, will they? Why would they? Well, because this lawsuit, Sean. Okay, so the mechanics of it, where does that change? Well, they colluded. Really? Do you have to sell your real estate in your home with a broker? Do you have to buy with a broker? No, you don't, do you? Nobody's holding a gun to your head. You can do whatever you want. This is America, right? America. Yeah. Go out and grab your rifle and shoot up some Bud Light, right? <laughs> a la Kid Rock. So no, it, it, to me, this is about trying to get some traction on hammering down on a big group. National Association of Realtors is a massive target that has been done. What was the National Association of Realtors lawsuit about? It's a little complicated, but the basis of the NAR lawsuit boils down to the group's commission sharing rule. To list a for sale property on a multiple listing service, the databases that agents use to share properties amongst themselves they must offer a commission to the agent who ultimately brings in the winning buyer. Historically, this has resulted in a 5% to 6% commission with half going to the seller's agent and half to the buyer. 
So what you've got is you've got typically two and a half percent to the listing agent, the one with the sign out in front of the house, and then two and a half percent to the buyer's agent who represent them, who, who represents the buyer. And total of 5%, maybe it's three and three, but two and a half and two and a half is more likely now. And then as property prices increase, the commission structure goes down because, you know, two and a half percent of 150 grand is far, far less than two and a half percent of two and a half million. So as those property prices go up, commission structure gets brought down because relatively on a sliding scale, that's just kind of how it's done, which is fair to the sellers. And you've just got more money at the higher levels. Here's the catch, though. The buyer doesn't pay their agent's fee directly. Instead, the commission is fully paid by the seller as part of their closing costs. Now, why is that? Well, because there's money available to the sellers, whereas the buyers are absolutely scrambling, especially in a market like Seattle, they're scrambling to get all their nickels together just to get that down payment get those closing costs. They are tapping out just to get into a home. If you throw on top of that a real estate commission, it's one more fee. Whereas arguably on the seller's side, they're going to be getting some money out of it. And this is just a cost of selling their home. And then when the buyer becomes the seller and they go to sell it, well, then there's their half of the transaction, right? So what goes around comes around. According to the Sitzer suit, as well as the other litigation, this amounts to a form of antitrust, reducing competition and pushing up commissions higher than services warrant. Reducing competition. Well, nobody is, again, is forcing a buyer to work with a broker. Nobody is forcing a seller to use a real estate agent. You can it's kind of like nobody is forcing you to go out and find a professional for your retirement fund. You don't do that yourself. I mean, you can, some people do, and some people do for sale by owner, but oftentimes it doesn't work out all that well, because unless you know exactly what you're doing in a real estate transaction, they can be a little hairy. You got a lot of forms to work through. You're not an expert. And do you want to have your self representing yourself as a client in the biggest investment of your life, which is typically your home? No, you don't. And if you have any sense at all, you hire out a lot of professional services for things that you need because there are experts out there that for a fee are willing to help you get down the road you need to, including your retirement. So think of it that way. The jurors were convinced by the plaintiff's attorneys that an environment of collusion existed within the industry, enabled by National Association of Realtors Practices, and that buyers should be free to negotiate fee structures separate from that established in listing agreements with sellers. So the Northwest Multiple Listing Service, that's who my brokerage, Summit Properties Northwest, is a member of. They proactively, I think it was 2021, this has been in the works for multiple years, they proactively basically made that decision to, all right, full transparency, we're going to disclose how much the selling office commission is. And we're going to disclose, you know, who pays what and if the buyer wants to negotiate on page one of the purchase and sale agreement, you guys can, you guys can go ahead and negotiate that have at it, work that out. You as the seller don't want to pay anything and buy, you know, buyer doesn't want to pay this or buyer's agent feels like they should be getting paid more. 
then you work it out, you, you negotiate it out. So that's what the MLS here in in uh, in my area did. But they were the first ones in the United States to do that as well. So but they're also a massive, massive MLS, they cover we cover all the way from Canada down to Oregon, and east of the mountains and just it's a it's a huge MLS. So what is next? What's the next step with this lawsuit that's gone on? Well, while the jury has ruled in the Sitzer case, the judge, Stephen Bow, has yet to finalize damages, hasn't squared everything all away. And then we'll have an appeal, years of appeal, back and forth. Once he does, those damages will be divvied out among the thousands of home sellers who participated in the class action lawsuit. I, again, what I would say here is everything is negotiable. You know, you sit down with your broker. And you basically state, all right, how much of this is negotiable? Everything is negotiable. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. There's this notion that if I want to sell my home, I don't have to do this. You've got 1% listing commission offices out there. You've got buyers, you know, brokers working different commission structures. You've got, but typically in order to ease the process, you just give both sides what is a traditionally recommended and recognized commission structure. So that may take a while, though, uh, as Cruz suggested, NAR plans to appeal the decision as they should. This is just round one. That's why this is going to change. It's going to change real soon. It's going to change real fast. Nah, this is going to take forever. It's going to be drawn out forever. So this whole notion of this is what's happening. Here's how that's impacting buyers. Here's how it's impacting sellers. We don't know. We have no idea. This matter is not close to being final as we will appeal the jury's verdict and we remain confident we will ultimately prevail. I would say there's a high probability of that on the National Association of Realtors side. Uh, and this was according to NAR President Tracy Casper said in a statement, due to the nature of appeals, this case likely will not be concluded for several years. It just takes forevers and forevers. And you know who does really well in the meantime? The attorneys. I drop a document, send it over, charge, cha-ching, that attorney over there, charge, cha-ching, attorneys are going to make bank on this bad boy, oh, as they do, right? Charge by the hour, okay, I'm going to the bathroom, but I'm thinking about this case, therefore, cha-ching to you, whoever the client is. There's a chance the case could be settled out of court before those appeals wind through the courts. Maybe, maybe. I mean, that is always a chance. Hey, you want to settle? Not really. As Ochoa explains, they're going to continue to fight the uh, account, uh, the amount awarded, liability, and the class isn't a proper class or whatever kind of legal means that they can do to unwind the judgment either altogether or at least substantially reduced. Yeah. While all that's going on, generally speaking, the parties are probably going to discuss uh, settling the case. It may be in their interest to reach some resolution instead of waiting for years for the judgment to make its way through the appellate system. So what does this mean for, sell for buyers and sellers? Eventually, the lawsuit will lead to changes in how agent commissions are set and paid out. May lead. Those are the operative words there. Eventually, not now, not anytime soon. But remember at the beginning, we're like, this is happening now. That's the feeling you got. Now it's eventually, the lawsuit may lead 
to changes in how agent commissions are set and paid out. We've had so many instances of, oh, everything's going to change. Now that the seller can offer zero compensation to the brokers, everybody's going to negotiate their, their commission. How much changed? I haven't seen much at all. Maybe you as a broker have. If you have, let me know in the comments. According to Cruz, the commission sharing model could evolve into a referral fee system. Again, the operative word there is could. It could evolve. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Bitcoin could go to a million. Uh -huh. Yeah. In my opinion, there will be something in the form of a referral fee from the listing agent to the buyer agent for introducing the buyer to the property. Well, the reason that it's 50-50 right now is because oftentimes a buyer might show 20 homes, 10 homes, 15 homes. They might make 10 offers. There's a ton of work involved and just some kind of small referral fee. Nah, nah. Then you're going to have all the you know brokers leave the industry and you're just going to have a bunch of buyers and sellers running around trying to handle this all themselves. Good luck with that is what I would say, because you're going to have some real mistakes made. If you want to sell your home and if you're in a competitive market, like most markets are right now, because we haven't had enough housing built since the Great Recession, if you want to try and handle the biggest investment of your life by yourself, and you don't do this on a daily basis. All right. Some would say I'm not saying this, but some would say that you have a fool for a client. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, it could also mean an end to commission sharing altogether. <laughs> Operative word there again. What is it? It could. It could. Bitcoin could go to a million. I'm not saying it won't. What? Not saying it won't. It's gone from what fifteen thousand to thirty-five thousand, something like that, very shortly. Yeah, doesn't really seem to be tied to any actual value, does it? It could also mean, again, it could also mean an end to commission sharing altogether. A re report, a recent report from consulting firm Keith Brayette and Woods projects this unbundling could occur as early as 2024. No, that's not happening. It's just not happening. That's just ridiculousness. This is a consulting firm. It could also result in commissions decreasing as much as two percentage points or more. Uh, yeah, maybe, but mm, what definitive, what, what do we have that, that indicates that's going to happen? Nothing. Somebody's just pulling something out of their backside. Oh, we're a, we're a uh, consultant firm and as consultants, not licensed real estate brokers, we don't really have a really good handle on this issue, but it could quote us out there. We'll get some business from that. The new buzzword for real estate will be decoupling. Remember that out there, decoupling. What does that mean? Are you breaking up as a couple? Oh, no, we're decoupling the seller side from the buyer side. Says Sissy Lappin, a real estate agent and co-founder of Listing Door in Houston. The seller will pay their agent and the buyer will pay theirs. Now, what kind of a model does Listing Door have? Well, it has one that would benefit very much from the seller will pay their agent and the buyer will pay theirs. Huh. Interesting. Well, yeah, okay, whatever. How that decoupling will play out is uncertain. Some experts say buyer's agents may resort to flat fees or hourly rates. Others say variable fees may be more fitting as services and time spent with each consumer can vary widely. 
Are you really going to bill on an hourly basis and expect somebody to pay for it? You're in a super hot market. You've put out 10 offers. You're going to pay your real estate broker 25 grand when you would have only paid him 10 grand in commission under the current system. Hmm. Those are good questions, aren't they? Yeah. It's as if I've been in real estate since the 1980s. Weird. There may be a variable buyer's agent fee that is determined when a buyer goes under contract or how many showings they've requested and viewed, says Steve Nicastro, a real estate agent and content lead at Clever Real Estate in South Charleston, South Carolina. This could better align pay with the work required from buyer's agents. Again, the operative word there is could. Will? We haven't heard a will yet. This will happen. This is happening. This is definitely happening. Oh, not one of those. This is all just, this is pure speculation because at the end of the day, we don't know. This court case could go a million different directions and that's the way all court cases could go, right? You just don't know until you get there. And this could better align with pay. For example, imagine a scenario where a home buyer pays an agent $50 to $100 per house showing, and then another fixed rate for specific services related to completing the transaction, finding and hiring home inspectors, appraisers, attorneys, etc. Okay, yeah. Um, do you think they might be, are, are they going to take, say, say that, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm just playing devil's advocate. They know what you want. Your broker knows what you want. But you've got 25 houses to look at. Oftentimes, that might be the case. Now, you're going to easily be able to filter out some of them, right? But if your broker insists on paying you paying them 100 bucks per house, you got 25 of them? Just right off the bat, before you even get to all this other a la carte stuff, you're dinged for thousands of dollars. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Agents don't find the appraiser. So that's just an incorrect comment. Appraisers, typically, if it's a uh, federally regulated transaction, you have to go through an appraisal management company. That was due to the original Graham-Rudman Act of 2009. See where I'm going with this. And attorneys, what do you need an attorney for? You're probably going to use an escrow company, title company. Yeah. I mean, those are not big decisions to make. Most people have a list of, hey, this escrow company will work. This title company will work. Here's who we use. You use who you want. But there's this notion that real estate brokers are just dictating everything. And in reality, it should be. Everything's negotiable. You've got kind of standards and most people go along with, all right, what's normal for this? Let's make this easy. Eh, that seems fair. Here we go. Nicastro says that there could also be a larger move towards using real estate attorneys rather than agents or more buyers going it alone entirely. Again, if you're a buyer and you want to represent yourself on the biggest investment of your life, typically, um, I mean, you can. Does that seem like a really logical and wise decision to be doing? Or do you want to have somebody as a buyer that you're not paying their commission handle it for you that you know is experienced? Yeah, that's what, that's what you typically go with. And real estate attorneys, we've closed client transactions with real estate attorneys. If they don't do this all day, every day, then oftentimes they're, they're, they're not that great at it. They don't, it's not, it's like something you do every day for your work is what you know, right? If you're a real estate attorney who doesn't know real estate transactions, 
then you're worthless. We used to use um, one of my clients that on the appraisal side of things, I own two companies, Summit Properties Northwest and Reynolds and Client Appraisal and another media company for the podcast. But that's beside the point we used to have a um, a real estate age a real estate attorney handle all the closings, but that's literally like what he did day in and day out. And he would he was super. But you don't find a lot of attorneys doing that because most attorneys can't make a living just closing real estate transactions. That all remains to be seen, though. Okay, here's the here's the proof in the pudding. We don't know. That all remains to be seen. In the meantime, consumers can likely expect more transparency as they go about buying and selling properties. Here in the Northwest Multiple Listing Service, absolutely, we've already got that that's already happening. That has already happened. We've got transparency. And you know what happened to commission structures? What, what do you think happened to commission structures with all this transparency going on? Nothing. So yeah, well, Sean, it could happen. Right. But will it? Yeah, gonna have to wait and see. But more than likely, mm, maybe. In fact, in the wake of recent litigation, NAR has already released guidance that realtors should no longer market their side-by-side -side services as free, and that shared commissions must be disclosed openly. You know, when, when people say it's free, what they should really say is this, is this commission is paid by the seller, period. And I think most people are intelligent enough to read a HUD statement. That's where you got all the closing costs for the buyer side and the seller side. Most people are able to read a commission if a, um, a HUD statement and, you know, okay, all right. Yeah, this, oh, your services weren't free. Oh, I'm going to sue. No, it's, it's a marketing effort, right? Hey, you're not paying for this. All right. Most people understand that. They get it. As Laura Ellis, president of residential sales at Chicago-based real estate firm Baird & Werner, explains, at its core, this issue is about being transparent, taking responsibility, and earning consumers' trust. Well, who says we haven't been transparent? Who says we haven't taken responsibility and earning consumers' trust? Who says we haven't earned the consumers' trust already? Yeah. Well, anywho, let's move on. <laughs> so much of this stuff is just nonsense that people say. People say stuff because they know they're going to be in an article and they're going to say stuff and other people who aren't in real estate are going to go, uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, uh-huh. We don't really know what this verdict means. We don't know the eventual outcome of it. But here in, in my MLS, They've been super proactive and we're very transparent and it's on all the documents. I mean, it's on our the you know first page of our purchase and sale agreement. Here's how the commission goes. You want to change that up? Feel free. Negotiate all you want. Because at the end of the day, everything is negotiable, right? I mean, there's going to be some stuff that, all right, title, you know, that fee is kind of a set fee structure there. But that's outside of what we're talking about. That's within the confines of a real estate you know, transaction. But we're literally talking about real estate commissions at this point, right? So what was interesting is how many, how many people have bailed, how many brokerages have bailed from the National Association of Realtors uh, group. The, the pros and cons there, 
We're not a member because my brokers don't want to pay the enormous fees for what they perceive, the enormous annual fee for what they perceive to be not a lot of benefit. Those who do pay believe that the benefit is at the lobbying level and is at being a member associated with a trade group that's very large, one of the strongest trade groups out there, and has the ability to sway things in Congress like this, you know, essential, not essential, you know, and maybe that happens at the state level, maybe it happens at the national level. But National Association of Realtors does have a place. They have a purpose, and they do do some great stuff. Some brokerages for their business model say, not so much. And I think you're seeing brokerages bail out just because the, I think the perceived um, association with the National Association of Realtors, even though there may not be any collusion going on and there may not be any weirdness of the relationship. Oh, yeah, they're kind of hammering on the NAR over there. Maybe we need to just yeah, hit that eject button and get the F out of Dodge, right? And so that's why you're seeing these big brokerages tend to pull back. What do you want to bet down the road when this stuff all blows over? Hey, yeah, we'd like to join the group again. Looks like the coast is clear. Let's do that. And then then we can get into the may and the will and the coulda, woulda, shoulda, all that stuff. Because we don't really know. We don't really know how this is going to go. But I'm telling you from my standpoint, when I point that way, it's because that's where Kirkland is. And that's where my MLS is located. <laughs> my, my MLS has made big changes ahead of this ruling coming out. And we were made aware when these changes were, you know, several years ago when they came out, that this is in advance of this ruling. So this is why we're doing what we're doing. And this is what we've got going on. And so we've had changes come about. But you know what's happened with the commission structure? Yeah, again, and I'm talking about, you know, how have things changed since then? Yeah, they haven't. About the same. There's a little bit more transparency. Yeah, whatever. All right. That's it for me on this one. Thanks so much. Love to have you subscribe. Hit the like button if you like this content. And hit that notification bell. I'm dropping probably a video of this a, a week, something like that. Getting the real estate podcast going again. If you like what I'm uh, what I'm talking about, I call I, I cover all kinds of topics on um, news for reasonable people. There's a lot of reasonable people out there. There's a lot of crazy news stories. If you like those, check out News for Reasonable People. All right. Thanks again for being here. I'll catch up with you in the next one. Bye for now.